I'm so excited this morning to be able to intro Emily Toman to come and preach for us this morning. Preach at us, talk at us, tell us what to do. But I love that standing on this platform this morning, we've got a young woman who has put her roots down deep into everything she does. And it's like when you look up the saying, wear your heart on your sleeve, there's a photo of Emily there. She's, she's got her roots down deep into everything she does and say, I want you to put your hands together this morning and welcome her as she comes to preach. We'll do an we'll air heart. church how are you guys just stalling while I get myself organized it's funny I live on like a very low level of hydration for someone who functions relatively highly and that I can get through a whole week at work and look at my water bottle and um, don't need to drink from it <laughs> which is really bad um, but this morning I'm quite parched so I probably should have brought water up here but God will be good he's fine um, these guys are awesome. You guys have led us into such a great atmosphere of worship and praise. You guys can grab your seat um, and I'll definitely get you back up again sometime. How good is worship? I might be biased, but I'm allowed to be. When I don't get this microphone, I get to look after our incredible worship teams here and they do an insane job week in, week out, leading us in worship um, and I feel like that just sets a place for us in this atmosphere and in this room. I think um, Pastor Emma said it last week that um, as we're sharing our prayer that worship is so much part of prayer and the words that we get to sing each week are so important in just really giving us um, a platform for uh, what God wants to do. So um, I, love, I love worship and I love the worship we have in this house. So... And I get the privilege of continuing the theme for this month, which is around prayer. We're doing our 40 days of prayer. Who's going all right with it? I'll put my hand up as all right because I haven't nailed it and I'm not like, what day are we? I don't know, the 16th? 16? I am not 16 for 16, but I'm working on my habit and it's getting a little bit better each day. And when I do do my habit of prayer, I always get something out of it and there's always something in the scriptures and I just really love being able to base it around scripture and like today's scripture is absolutely incredible. Um, and so the theme that we're moving into for the third week of our, our prayer is the pattern for prayer. I've got perfect patterns of prayer, as I said. I'm not even 16 for 16 yet. <laughs> patterns are meant to be like neat and even, but if I'm going to be like cross-stitching or sewing something, uh, I got in trouble when we went to Fiji uh, one year because we did this like perfectly patterned roof with all like the perfect pattern screws in it, except for one where I just grabbed like a different colour one and stuck it in there. So you can see it from the satellite images and you can tell which one our house is. So it's like perfectly lined up and patterned and then I just threw a spanner in the mix and totally threw it out of whack. But um, I have, I, I'm, I'm not speaking on prayer because I've got it all worked out. Um, I'm speaking on prayer because I think like you guys, I've continually asked the question, well, how do I pray? What does it look like? So this morning I'm hoping that I can give you some examples of little lessons that I've had in prayer that have helped me answer that question. 
Um, and I love in Luke 11, admission time, you know the Lord's Prayer is in the Bible twice? <laughs> it's in Luke 11 and in Matthew 6, which is great. And it's pretty much word for word, um, which I kind of knew, but I like... When I read it and looked into it, I was like, aha, got it. And it's so cool reading both of the chapters next to each other because what you'll see, the, the Gospels are the story of Jesus when he was here on this earth. And um, so they're like telling factual, historical stories. And so it's no surprise that two people tell the same story the same way and have kind of the same points in it. So I would so encourage you to read through Luke 11 and the surrounding chapters and Matthew 6 and its surrounding chapters because you'll get so much gold in there. And you'll be like, hang on, I just read that, but now I'm reading it here. And it's great. So if all you do is that, Luke 11 and Matthew 6. Um, but I love in Luke 11, it starts off, and I've got it here. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. So I'm really encouraged because the disciples that hung out with Jesus like all day, every day, (laughs) and got to watch him pray and got to do it, are still like, excuse me, Jesus, (laughs) can you teach me how to pray? Because I still haven't worked it out. So if you're coming in this morning being like, how do I pray? You're in good company. Um, And I think, do you know what? To have a posture of asking well, how do I pray, is a really great place to start. And then God goes on to say this, and I'm just going to read it uh, because, you know, you could just read the Bible and you'll get plenty out of that. Um, And we could go home after this, but it says, He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed, hallowed or holy be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Lead us not into temptation. So Jesus gives us this pattern for prayer and we could just leave it there and you could just say that every day of the week but I think uh, really when we're looking at that he's not giving us the words of what to say he's actually giving us a pattern of how we pray and I didn't really get much further than the first couple of lines in that when I was reading and preparing for this it was our father in heaven and there's so many uh, words that are used to describe God in the Bible Uh, He's our saviour, he's our king, he's our provider. Sometimes he's described as our judge. But when Jesus, his son, was teaching us how to pray, he intentionally chose our father. And so for me, it reminds me that when I'm speaking to my God in heaven, I'm not speaking... So I have this this team at at work and um, I've recently moved teams, which... Uh, is I like cried 20 times. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I really loved the team that I was part of and I'd been there for six years um, and I didn't move very far. So when I cried like 20 times, it was a bit ridiculous because I moved two floors above to a team that is like a step before. I'm an occupational therapist. I work in um, stroke rehab in a hospital setting at Flinders. And so I literally moved two floors up in the building and I moved like one step in the patient journey beforehand. So basically the people that I see at work, I will pass them on to my previous team who I sad to leave. So I didn't really go far uh, and so I probably didn't need to be so upset about it. Um, But can you imagine the way that we know someone or, or what we call someone really dictates how we relate to them. So when God says, well, start your prayers like this, my father in heaven, he's instructing us of the heart that he has towards us and how he wants us to relate to him. So 
I, um, it was really interesting. I went upstairs to this new team and there was a bunch of people up there and when it came to referring patients to my previous team down on level three, people were terrified. Like they were like, oh my gosh. So I have to call day rehab and I have to make a referral. And I don't know if I know all the information and I don't really know if they're going to accept it and they might, like, have all these questions for me. And, like, there was legitimate fear and anxiety that came <laughs> with these conversations. And I've rolled up there and I was like, i got to refer to day rehab. Let me add it. I'm going to go downstairs and I am going to go and see my old managers because I love these guys and I have relationship with these guys and they are, like, my, some of my favourite people. And so... When I go and speak to them, I approach them confidently and boldly. And that's my first point, um, is that, that really the pattern for prayer is not prescriptive. It's not just a phrase of things that we say and repeat over and over again. The pattern for prayer is personal. And it's about having a personal relation, relationship with our Father in heaven, with God. So the way that we relate to someone influences the way that we ask for things. So when I call up for referral, I am fully confident in what I'm asking for. And I'm fully confident that those on the other line are going to be able to deliver what I'm asking because I know what they do and I know their heart and I know what's behind it. So I don't have, like, I don't have a skerrick of doubt in what they're going to be able to do because I know them personally and I have relationship. And these other people on my team, they're fantastic therapists. They're incredible people. They do all the right things. And the things that they're asking for are not innately wrong. But until they are able to develop a relationship with the people they're referring to, there's just that gap for no trust because they don't know what's going in there. And so can I encourage you that as you pray, remember that we're praying to our Father in heaven. And when you go and talk to your dad or when you go and talk to someone that you love and that you know deeply, you don't worry about what you're going to say or how you're going to say it, or how it comes across, or whether you've got all of the boxes ticked to make sure that you're like, I do this, and then I do that, and then if I do that, and then that, then maybe my father will hear me and answer me. Our God is waiting for us to just approach him confidently like we would someone we know intimately and love deeply. I love in, um, I love in verse 11 of that, it says, you fathers... If your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Gross. I saw, I hate scrolling on Facebook. It was like random scrolling and there was someone cooking up a snake. It was the most disgusting. It would cook up a fish. Great. Happy. Love it. It was, I uh, hate it. Um, or if they ask for, sorry, that's just random. That's not for any reason. If you ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Or, of course not. Like, who would do that? That's silly. So if you're asking your Father in heaven for something that you need, it says here in verse 13, so if you sinful people, if you people who make mistakes and do silly things or play pranks and like to give people snakes instead of fish, if you people can actually give good things to those that you love, to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who love him? Our God is not someone who is just kind of withholding and waiting for us to do the right thing. He's not one that is uh, resisting and keeping things from us. He is a Father in heaven who loves us. And I shared it with the worship team. I, I, um, I have a Father who is happy to give me whatever I ask for, and he usually gives me more than what I ask for. Um, 
which most of the time is good and sometimes is random. But he gives, like, I asked a question about a gas heater once, just curiously, and next minute he's, like, planned all of the different heating options for my house and he's got this thing and this is on a spreadsheet and he's gone somewhere and had a look at it. Like, he gave abundantly more than what I asked for. And I appreciate that for some people the idea of... Um, Asking your father for things is not necessarily a, an abundance that gets poured out. But I love that Jesus addresses the fathers in this. He doesn't address children. He doesn't say, kids, remember what your dad gave you. He actually addresses our heart of being a mother or a father. And I think all of us here, if we could imagine having children, whether we do or don't, I like to think that the way I would want to give, regardless of how I've been given to, the way that I would want to give to someone who's my child is abundance and is so much more. So if that's you, I don't know if that's for anyone here, but don't be thinking of it from what you've received, but think about it from what you want to give to people that you love because that's how our God responds to us. So when I pray, one thing I have been learning is that I can pray confidently not because I know a magical little phrase and I've done all the right things and I've like said my Lord's Prayer and spun around three times, worshipped to three songs and repeated them enough. My confidence is not in all of that. Um, that enhances it and that gets me into a place. But my confidence is completely in my Father who gives me good gifts. So I know when I ask him for something, he has my best interest in heart. And I just can go straight to him and say it however I want. If it comes out wrong, he still knows what I mean. And so for me, that's been really freeing in my prayers because I know that I don't have to work it out when I approach him because I know that he knows what I need before I even say it. Um, another example that is to do with prayer that I um, have learned recently and just helped shift something in me was um, I woke up one morning to a message from a friend who was like, friend, I need prayer. And to start with, my prayers were like, all right, like I know this and I'm going to pray for that and I'm going to pray for this and can you give this person that and that. And God just totally stopped me in my tracks because I had no idea what this person needed, like zero. I could have tried to work it out and guess, um, but I knew that my God knew what this person needed. And so my prayer totally shifted, not to, can you give this person X, Y, Z, and I think they need this, but my prayer just opened up to God, I trust you. I know that you love me, that you love my friend, and that you want good things in whatever the circumstances. So can you, can you give that? Can you be a father in this situation? Can you work it out? Because I can't do it in my own strength. Um, and for me, that was a really great reminder that we don't have to come to God with a perfect plan or a perfect, like, I don't go to dad and be like, I want heating and I want exactly this one. Like, I just go to the shops and buy it if I knew the answer to it. I went to him because I was like, I don't know, can't work it out by myself. So can I encourage you with your prayer? Go confidently to your father. Don't have to have it all worked out. He just wants to hear from you. And he knows it already. So, like, it's good. He's got you covered. You don't have to. He just wants he just wants to talk to you. He just wants to hear from you. Like my dad wants to hear from me even if I don't need to know what kind of heater it is. He just loves the fact that I'm like, it's like, great, I'm on it, let's chat. So God wants to be in relationship with us because his pattern for our prayer is not prescriptive or what we say. It's personal. It's deeply personal. We pray to our Father in heaven. And I love it in Matthew 6. This is kind of one of those surrounding chapters to the Lord's Prayer. Um, it's, it's before the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, and it says this in verse 7. 
is when you pray, don't babble on and on, as the Gentiles do. I do like a good chat, and I can babble on. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. And further down in verse 31, and these things have to be linked. I've got no doubt in my mind because they come up in both locations and it's in the same chapter. Most of the Bible's pretty linked, so it's really helpful to read them in big chunks sometimes and see kind of the, it's like seeing the forest and not the tree. You get these beautiful overarching themes. And through this whole month, we've had this beautiful overarching theme that God loves us deeply and intimately. So in verse 31, it says, don't worry about these things saying, what will, eat, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. And in verse 33, it says, Seek the kingdom of God. So we don't even need to go to God to ask for things or to demand or to, to question. He simply wants us to come to him and seek his kingdom and chat to him and be with him and spend time with him. And so my, my other reflection that I've been having, having is that for me, a shift in my prayer has, to be, has been to pray conversationally and to pray continually. I had these two points kind of separated and they kept smushing into each other, so I've just smushed them together. Uh, pray conversationally and pray continually. Um, when I'm in an, a relationship with someone, it's like, Lockie, I have to set an alarm to remind me to text him. I don't. <laughs> Like, I just, I just text him, yeah. Look, some days I probably could benefit from it, but I don't set myself like a morning alarm and a midday alarm and an afternoon alarm to remind myself to chat to Lockie. It just happens throughout my day. Things come up in my day and I'm like, doo -doo 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 -boop. send off a text. Like, get one back. It's just a conversational things happen. Sometimes it's like... Sometimes it's just random, like, oh, my gosh, you won't believe this. Sometimes it's like a picture of, like, a stupid thing on Facebook. Sometimes it's more important questions like, what do I do? Like, how do I deal with this? But it's conversational and it's continual. It's just a natural ebb and flow that comes out of being in a relationship. You don't need to set reminders and you don't need to set things to make it happen. It just happens. Um, <laughs> I say it's a two-way street in that... I should hear from as much as I speak to, and that's how relationships usually work. <laughs> but I do like to talk, and I do probably 70, 30, 80, 20, maybe. <laughs> but what's really interesting, 90, 10, it depends on the day, really. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm self-aware of these things, and I try and stop, because actually when I stop speaking long enough to allow Lachlan to say something, <laughs> I actually always hear a helpful response. <laughs> like what he has to say is really valuable to the conversation. And it's usually missed because I just don't stop talking. And so I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, I'm just gonna wait patiently. And then I give him, and it's fantastic. And it's so like that with God. It's like we can come to him and just be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. And I want this and I want this and I want that. And can I have this? And what do you think about that? I think this about that. So I've been thinking about that and it's, I think this is the right answer. And so maybe this and maybe that, maybe that. What do you think? Cool, great, see you later. Like, do we use God as someone who, like, do we just call him up as a call centre when we have issues? 
and just be like, I'm not great on a call centre. <laughs> if you want to see me needing prayer afterwards, see me after I've talked to someone on a call centre because my patients get stressed, stretched. But is our prayer life more like a conversation to a dear friend or just a direct line to a call centre for troubleshooting? Do we give space for God to interrupt our day? And when we ask him for something, do we actually let him change our plans for the day based on his answer? Because prayer should be conversational, which means it's two ways, which means we hear from him as much as we speak to him. And it should just be continual. It should just be part of our day. The Lord's Prayer goes on to say, your kingdom come and your will be done. So do you listen for your father's will in your day? I don't always, don't worry. I'm preaching from experience and from often getting it wrong. But asking to hear from God, I love this. I read it one day and it's like, uh, got me, slain. Asking to hear from God without opening your Bible is like waiting for a text from a friend but not having your phone turned on. It's like you can be like, I'm waiting to hear from, ah, my phone's not on. Like, you're never going to get it unless you actually open it up and prepare yourself to hear. Um, I've got tucked in here too many, too many things, but I've got tucked in here. I don't know if anyone recognises these. Um, <laughs> Well-loved. It's my dream card from this year. Um, and as I was sharing at the start, um, I had what felt like a really unexpected change at work. Like, I felt whipped out from... It was just also silly because I chose to change my job as well. <laughs> So, you know, didn't go very far, um, was my self-inflicted, decided to go there. Um, but actually, it was the third time this position had come available. And it was the first time in reading it that my heart just went, what do you, like, what do you want me to do, God? And I just got a sense of peace over it. And I was like, ah, oh, dang it. <laughs> Guess I'm going for it. Um, so I went for it. I got the job, relocated. And it wasn't until about three weeks ago... I was a bit grisly about it as well. Like, I was like, oh, God, what have you done to me? Like, this surely is not your plan. Like, I don't know what's happening. And I looked back at my dream card um, randomly, just was kind of flicking through some stuff I'd written. And the very first thing I read at the top here is shift in work opportunities. Like, I wrote this at the start of the year, and this all happened. I completely forgot it. And I was like, oh, goodness me. Like, do we let God's plan for us and the prayers that we ask of him actually change our day, even when it's uncomfortable? And so in conversation uh, and, and communing with someone, we're actually opening up a space where we're happy to see things differently. Like, our theme for this year is look. And so this is my other lesson that I've been having in prayer, is that it's not about me just coming to God with answers and things worked out, but I actually need to be open to be okay if he says something that I don't necessarily like to start with, uh, I need to be okay when he goes, no, I want you to take this path. We've been talking about the narrow road. I want you to go that way. It's going to be uncomfortable. But actually, when I go back to Luke 11, which is your father's, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? My work opportunity looked like a snake when I asked for a fish. Like, I had my plans, I should tell you. When I wrote that down, in my mind, I was like, which will look like a greater flexibility in my current role. And it'll look like different opportunities to do this. And this will change like this. And I might get a reclass, which means I stay where I am, but I get paid more. Um, to acknowledge the increased uh, level of seniority I'm 
displaying in that place. Um, that's what I suspected my prayer to be answered like. And God totally spun it. But do you know what? Maybe I was holding the snake and he wanted to give me the fish. But if I was too busy holding on to the snake and being like, this is how I want it done, I would have missed out on the fish entirely. And there have been so many incredible opportunities that have come from my new position. Within like two weeks, I was running a session for all of the physios and OTs to train them in management of an upper limb um, spasticity stroke stuff. Um, it's very interesting, but I won't bore you with it. Um, but I was like, that was an opportunity that came out of my move that I didn't expect. Like all of the things that I'd asked for, God has already delivered in, just wasn't how I expected it. So can I encourage you as we come to a close, and I will ask the team to come back up and start getting yourself in the zone. Can I encourage you that our prayers should be confident because we're praying to a father who loves us, he wants to give us good things, and he knows what those good things are, even when we think we do, but we actually don't. Like, he wants to blow us away with his goodness towards, towards us. Um, and, and pray continually and conversationally. Like, just keep the flow there. It doesn't have to be... I don't plan a message to Lockie like an essay. Like, I don't plan my three points and work out a strategic argument for what I want. I just send it as a text. Like, it's not overthought. It's casual. It's, it's in community. It's in conversation. Might one day have to send a three-point thing to get something I want, but so far, so good. So where do we start? Like, what, how do we pray? I think that's where we start, is we say, God, continue to show me how to pray. Continue to show me the ways in which you want to speak to me. And, and the other part is it was we actually have to be in relationship with our God, our Heavenly Father, to be able to have a relational conversation with Him. And when we read the Lord's Prayer again, if we read it through a relational eyes, it's Father, my Father in heaven, you are holy and so high and so good. You've got it in control. Your kingdom come, your will be done. It's like, do what you want in my life. I trust you with it. I, I've given you space and I believe that where you want to send me and your will is good because you're my Father. Forgive me because sometimes I get it wrong and stuff it up and lead me not into temptation. When we look at that through a relational perspective from God our Father, it totally shifts it. And do you know what the best bit is? Is that in a pattern for prayer that's not prescriptive, but it's deeply personal, our God sent the first text message. Like He sent the text message saying, hey, I wanna be in relationship with you. He didn't wait for us and I love this scripture and I just want to read it out loud. And it's not on the screens. I just want you to uh, close your eyes and listen to it. It's in Romans 6, uh, Romans 5, sorry, 6 to 11. It said, Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presented himself for this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. He sent us the first text message. That's not in there, that's just me. Even if we hadn't been so weak, we still wouldn't have known what to do anyway. We wouldn't have known where to start. We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for, and we can understand how someone good and noble can inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But God put his own love on the line by offering his son in sacrificial death 
while we were still of no use to him whatsoever. And now that we've received this amazing friendship, this adoption and this reconciliation with God our Father, we're no longer content to simply say it in plodding prose. We are no longer content to have it as a prescription, but we sing and we shout our praises to God through Jesus. It's personal. God doesn't want your prayer. He wants your heart. And before we were in the habit of pursuing God and basing our habits around that, He was in the habit of pursuing you. God's pattern is one of pursuit because He is your loving Father. And prayer, at its simplest, is our unhindered response to a loving relationship with our Father in heaven. So I wanna pray for us this morning. And I know that we're all gonna be in different places with our prayer. And we're all gonna be in different places with our relationship with God. And, and none of this makes sense outside of a relationship with God. And this is what it all points to, is us coming into relationship and community with Him. And to do that is really, really simple. All we have to do is ask for it. Ask like we would a loving Father. Ask like someone who we know has our best interest in heart. And so I wanna ask you guys this morning, I know some of you, I don't know all of you, and I don't know where you're at, but you know that. If you wanna respond to Jesus for the first time and say, look, I don't know this God, I don't know this Jesus, but I wanna know. I wanna be able to have that love in my life. I wanna be able to be set free and be able to pray like that. This is your opportunity to just be bold and put your hand up. And so with every eye still closed in this place, I wanna invite you to respond to this, to respond to God, who's your heavenly Father. You might also just feel like you've been prescriptive and going through the motions. And so maybe this morning you just wanna make a, a commitment to make it relational again. And so if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand in this place to say, that's me. I wanna be in relationship with my heavenly Father. I wanna be intimate with Him, either for the first time or again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And maybe there's people online that are hearing it as well. So we're gonna read this prayer together. I just want you to declare it either for the first time or declare it for the hundredth time because you just wanna keep pursuing the heart of God. But repeat this after me as we pray together. God, my Father in heaven, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for my sins and rose to life again. He did this so that I could be adopted as a child of God and brought back into perfect relationship with my Heavenly Father. I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong and the times that I've just gone through the motions. And I ask you to transform my heart and give me your Holy Spirit to lead me all of my days. Thank you for being my Father. Thank you for loving me deeply. I plan to love you for all of my days. Amen.